0: Welcome to Spooky South Ghost. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does AM 1420, WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Foster.
1: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with, I can say it now this week, Moniz. The silent assassin, Matt Costa, is back in the studio. Welcome back, man. I'm here. And so is Moniz. But he's been here all along. I don't think he's gone home since last week. But, uh, How'd you make out? It doesn't smell like it. Usually like this, with a lot of tongue. Yeah. And a little... Yeah. Uh, we, no, we, we survived. We made it. I mean, we had... I believe it. I had no doubts. There was a few weeks when... Well, I, I assume that you were listening. Watching on Spooky TV at com.
2: Believe it or not, I did not have
1: service most of the time I was <laughs> I'm out I'm not there. surprised. But, uh, yeah, no, we so. made it all right. I mean, uh, there was a couple shows that went really well. Then last week's show happened, <laughs> which uh, we had a lot of technical problems. Oh. So oh. mostly my fault, I'm sure. So how was the trip? It was good. It was good. It was a good time. So you started here in Massachusetts yep. and you went on a southern swing.
2: Yep, to uh, Louisiana, to the French Quarter. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, made a beeline for San Diego, and then all over the place in California.
1: And so. uh, then you came back up a more northerly route, more across yeah. the middle.
2: Yeah, and um, I was telling Moniz on the ride, I'm not a big fan of Central America, <laughs> but <laughs> Central America is uh, yeah.
1: part of our biggest audience. Matt, not so. not that uh,
2: there's anything wrong with it, but it's they're, just not my cup of tea.
1: The, the middle of America loves spooky yeah. South Coast, mainly because they have I no almost, idea. Where I almost the South brought Coast you guys a tumbleweed.
2: I a real one. tumbleweed. I had a real tumbleweed. Yeah, and fell it fell out of the back, back of my the truck. It, did, it was in the back of my truck, and the wind blew. It went tumbling. I was a little and concerned for you. You know, I just let it. I just let it free. It wanted to be free. So I,
1: I was a little concerned for you while you were gone. <laughs> Why? Because while you're out there, there's like wildfires uh, and mudslides in California. Yeah. There's tornadoes happening across the middle of the country. Yeah, I heard that the other day. There was tornadoes. And right it's just. Before you guys and yeah. a red toyota pickup truck i mean toyota makes fine products <laughs> so and so uh yeah. monday monday morning you'll be uh just leaving it on the side of the road somewhere or <laughs> yeah. trading pretty it much. in pretty much yeah pretty much all right well welcome back we're glad to have you back thank you thank and uh, you were you were definitely missed especially when uh i kept saying the silent assassin matt costa after each and every break and intro when you weren't <laughs> yeah. here it's habit man seven years yeah. Yep. So uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And, of course, if you want to ask some more questions about Matt, about his trip, that's that's good, too. But uh, we have some guests in the studio with us tonight. If you're watching on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, you'll see we got a packed house tonight. And we have a packed show tonight, because first we're going to be talking uh, – we're going to kick around some new stuff here at the beginning. And we're going to talk with Riley and Stephen Black of Black Cross Paranormal, who are here in the studio, fresh from the Ocean State Paracon. They'll tell us a little bit about that. And we're going to talk with them about their investigations and especially their investigations into Slater Mill, which next Saturday night, myself and Matt Moniz will not be here because we'll be at our Graveyard Shift event from Legend Trips. And Matt Costa will be holding down the fort with Chris Balzano. And uh, their guest will be Derek Gunn. Hey, you know who else I think is coming on next week too, Matt Costa? What's up? One of the captains from Wicked Tuna.
2: What's up?
1: Oh, that's right. You don't have TV. And you've been gone for like a month. Yeah. It's a new show on Nat Geo. Oh, yeah? The National Geographic Channel. Yeah, it's about some uh, some New England fishermen who go out and catch big tuna. And big yeah. tuna are big money. I didn't yeah. realize. You know, they can go out there and hook a $30,000 tuna. and really? so, Yeah, it's amazing. So one of the that's captains great. is probably going to be joining us here on the program. So you and Chris will have the chance to talk to him. Excellent. Do me a favor. Ask him if he'll take us out sometime. Okay. Because I'd like to go out there and see it. I want to see a tuna in its natural environment <laughs> instead of in a can. Yeah. And I do have one question that you have to ask for him. Okay. Ask him if, all politics aside, does dolphin just taste better? <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> all right. Somewhere, uh, somewhere, There's Vegan one. Mel is uh, cursing my name. It's going to be a lot of angry emails. If she's at Slater Mill next week, I'm dead. But uh, everybody's going to be at Slater Mill next week. Spooky Crew, Jeff Belanger. uh, We have uh, Keith and Carl Johnson are going to be there. Uh, Psychic Medium, Pam Patilano. Spirit Medium, Tiffany Rice. Andrew Lake of Greenville Paranormal Research. And our special guest that we announced over the course of the past week, Amy Bruni from Ghost Hunters, will be stopping by the event as well. So if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, just go to legendtrips.com or spookysouthcoast.com too, and you can purchase your tickets. There's only a few left. So uh, you definitely want to get those. And we're going to be doing a live taping of 30-odd minutes. So the oddball crew will be there. And it, it helps that, you know, three-quarters of the show is already going to be in attendance. And the other quarter doesn't live that far away. So we'll do that as well. But uh, that is next week. We'll, we'll maybe try to call in and check in during the program as well, if you'll have us, Matt.
2: Yes, definitely.
1: That'll be a chance to get, like, you know, four or five weeks of missing the show off your chest. Yeah. You'll, you'll own the airwaves. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into everything, let's talk a little bit of some of the, the weird things that happened over the course of the week. You get the, uh, the Week in Weird oh, music, right? It's ready?
2: been so long. I'm not ready.
1: All right. We can go without it. Don't worry about it. Here's, here's, here's a very interesting story that uh, I'm sure came across your uh, plate this week, Monies Organizers of the London Olympics approached the Who's manager to inquire about having Keith Moon play in an Olympics event despite the drummer being dead for nearly 34 years. I emailed back saying, Keith now resides in Golden Greer's crematorium, having lived up to the Who's anthemic line. I hope I die before I get old, the band's longtime manager, Bill Kerbishley, told the Times. If they have a round table, some glasses, and candles, we might contact him. So, so might we. Yeah, Mike Markowitz is here to try the death sauce. Oh, we forgot (laughs) to mention the death sauce challenge.
0: Let me just throw that out there
1: in the middle here. We are actually having tonight... Live here in the studio, we have Jason Mori of South Coast Coney's, and uh, he brought the death sauce, the legendary death sauce from South Coast Coney's down here to the studio. So you can come down here and sample this if you're brave enough. Just come on down to the studios at 22 oh Sconic Neck Road in Fairhaven, knock on the window, <laughs> and we will send out some death sauce to you. And uh, we're actually going to try it ourselves uh, coming up in just a little bit as well.
3: Hold your nose. I heard if you hold your nose and taste it, it That's won't cheating, burn as much. That's cheating? Cheating? Yeah, I'm No, nope, we're taking a wimp. it straight on. I'm a wimp. We're
1: taking the burn straight on. <laughs> All right, so what do you think, Matt Moniz? Keith Moon died in 1978 and, uh, you know, kind of made big news back then. It's kind of been something people have known about for many years. You think somebody on the Olympic Committee would have realized this?
0: Uh, you are dealing with people from the Olympics, remember. Oh, well,
1: got a crack on the sports people here. But uh, I, I think it would be awesome if he did decide to show up. Unlike Axl Rose tonight at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, there's no way he's going to show up. But if Keith Moon showed up to the Olympics, that'd be pretty awesome. Morning, guys.
3: Hi. Like I haven't seen you already. All
1: right. So we are. Uh, w- why don't we just move on here? Because uh, this next story is very interesting to me. To <laughs> to anybody that follows the paranormal, there's actually a couple in New Jersey, Tom's River, New Jersey, who uh, moved into a house and. They didn't stay very long before paranormal activity started happening. They actually want to get out of their lease now. They want their deposit back. Uh, so there's there are actually a couple of different New Jersey groups that have uh, been working with them to investigate the haunting. We're actually trying to get a hold of some of these groups and seeing if we can get them to come on the show. So uh, I will hold off comment on that until we can actually speak to them one-on-one. But that's a very interesting case because you know it's similar to what happened with the Amityville Horror, only we found out about that after the fact. You know, now we're hearing about this from the start. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. All right, so where where should we go from here? You want to take a break? Sure. Yeah, we're going to need to take a break. And now uh, when we come back, we'll reset a little bit. We'll talk with Riley and Stephen Black of Black Cross Paranormal about their investigations, about Slater Mill, about a whole bunch more. And we've got people here in the studio to try the death sauce. Paula, are you going to do it too? No?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, you can come down as well. Just come on down to the studios at 22 Sconic Neck Road in Fairhaven, right in the same building as Fun 107 next to the 99. You can come on down and try it too. And we're going to try it later on as well. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
0: I'll show you. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Oh, my! Oh, me?
1: All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here. I don't think that guy's here for the Death Sauce Challenge.
3: No, I think he would die if he had some of that (laughs) Death Sauce Challenge.
1: Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and a whole room full of cool people. And you can come on down, 22 Sconic at Neck Road in Fairhaven. Knock on the window. We'll send the Death Sauce out to you. Jason Morris here from South Coast Coneys. We'll talk to him a little bit later on about the place and about some of the things that they offer, but we're big fans of it. And, uh, but we have yet to try the death sauce. But we're going to do it on the air because, darn it, we are committed. And uh, if you notice. <laughs> well,
3: we'll oh, the gallon, half a gallon oh, of milk. I brought,
1: and I got whole milk, so it'll be especially cooler. Uh,
3: All
1: right, still cold.
3: Amateurs. Cups in the break room. <laughs> From the peanut gallery. <laughs> and
1: uh, we'll have to send somebody out for some white bread maybe too. <laughs> Ice cubes. Well, we're not white bread enough. Yeah, just start licking the white bread. All right, so we'll do that a little bit later on. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk with Riley and Stephen Black of Black Cross Paranormal. Hi. We've, we've uh, had the chance to hang out with them on a couple of occasions. Uh, last right. time we saw you, it was on Spirit Connections. Yeah, yeah. Which airs on Spooky TV, and that was a great time.
3: Yeah, well, that was a fun time, hanging out with Tiffany Rice and you guys and, and, in Carlston Woods. And we, yeah, we,
1: tend to, uh, we tend to, when we're there, kind of take over her show for her.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the new background she has. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually got lost in that back. You did. I yeah. seen you turn around and you were like, "Which way is the door?" <laughs> I didn't know where to go.
1: Well, you know, it's an awkward, it's an awkward segment. It's an awkward transition from one segment to another. They, you know, now at least they bring down the screen and they put up a black screen with some words on it and introducing the next guest, so you can change positions, you know, with somewhat degree of ease. But that was the first night they ever did that. And they didn't have that plan in place. So it was kind of like, okay, well, when you're done, just get up and walk away. And I was like, well, how am I going to know when I'm done? And where am I going? And how am I going to walk away? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just, wearing know this where, microphone. Which way to go? So they're going to hear everything I'm doing. So.
3: they like, where's the bathroom? I yeah. can't find it. Throwing,
1: throwing, a little, <laughs> throwing a little comedy always works. So let's talk with you guys a little bit about how you got started as a paranormal group because you guys come from a pretty varied background.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We started um, Black Cross Paranormal back in 2008, Steve and I did. Um, We really didn't come into uh, light until actually last year when we just started catching all this amazing evidence. And we met so many interesting people at uh, the conventions and whatnot that we just hit this full force and, and now we are here on this radio show with you fine folks yeah
4: we didn't have a website or anything no we didn't everything year, that we, and then we're like okay let's go public with this stuff and yeah everything we we kind of just we did, did it for own. fun and you know in the background well that's the important thing so. too i
1: mean so many groups that are out there today you know they've got their website and they've got their you know demo reel their sizzle reel and they've got their you know they're already in talks for a pilot before they've even gone out for their first investigation yeah so the fact that you guys were out there in the field doing the work before you even brought it to people's attention is good. And it's a good chance to make sure that, you know, you've gotten your feet wet enough. Did you feel like by the time that you did bring this stuff public, that not only did you have this great evidence, but that you were kind of ready as investigators to step forward?
3: Um, well, you know, when you have experiences growing up as a child, you kind of get used to like hearing things that go bump in the night and seeing things that you really can't explain. And, uh, in my mother's household, it was all Russian Orthodox. So it's black and white, heaven, hell, no gray in between. So Mm -hmm. you really couldn't talk to them about that stuff because they tell you to pray. It's a devil, it's a demon, whatever. Say your prayers. Um, I really didn't start checking out books from the library until the late 80s, mid-90s, and I started to read, and I did my homework, and I read, and I, I just got so much book experience that when I finally got out there in the field to do my first investigation, my first EVP that I caught, I swear to God, I, I just almost fell to my knees because I never thought I would hear anything like that. You, you read about it like constantly. You mm-hmm. see it on TV, but until you actually experience it and catch one for yourself – it just it blows the door off of everything. And when it, you realize it's making that connection with you. Yeah. It's one thing to hear
1: somebody else's EVPs, but when you hear it and it was meant for your ears, it, yeah. it kind of changes everything.
4: Even hearing some of the stuff we catch today, though, still your jaw just drops. It's like, oh, my God, did you hear, listen to this? You know what I mean? And you pass the head headset around, and it's just unbelievable, some of the stuff that comes across.
1: Is it frustrating, though, when you hear it and other people can't because maybe sometimes the message is just for you? <laughs>
3: Oh, he laughs now. But see, the reason why uh, he's laughing is because uh, every time I do EVPs, and I do them from the time I get up to the time I go to bed, it's nonstop, nonstop work. And I I keep passing the headset to hear this, listen to this. And he's like, I can't hear this. I can't hear this anymore. I can't hear it. So I send send it to our friend Michael Markowitz, who's... In the back behind me here, and he's EVP specialist, so if he can't understand it, then I just toss it because, if hey, can't go against God over here, you know? You have
4: to, <laughs> have to send him the raw file.
1: And sometimes that, sometimes that can be the case, though. When you do a lot of this work, as I'm sure Mike can attest, you can become fine-tuned to it, uh, as with his case, and sometimes you can go the other way, where after a while you've heard so much of it, it just all becomes garbled noise.
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it does do that a lot. You know, sometimes. Happens
4: to me. I, I just can't even hear it sometimes. I'm like, no, it just sounds too machine like, or, you know so what like I mean? Aliens, it's too much noise. Aliens, and, yeah. yeah
3: <laughs> I, I just the aliens
4: pass it are back coming. and I shake my head. Well, so, it's
3: like, it, like any kind of musician. When you play music, you know, you, you hear it for the first time, then you give it up and in, in, in walk away for 20 minutes, and you come back and you play it again, and then you hear something totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you got to do when you do your EVPs. You, you, you go over them and you, you make sure that they're what you think they are. Then walk away for a while and come back and listen to them again. And if you hear the same thing that you did the first time around, then you know you caught something. If it's like making you second guess, then it's not worth playing. Because if they can't, the people, the public can't understand what you're playing, then no sense of putting it out there. It's wasted time. And yeah.
1: speaking of uh, speaking of musicians, Stephen, that you you come from a musical background, and so maybe that's played a part. You were a drummer, so maybe you know all that bang and array for all those years. Yeah, might've... I'm probably
4: partially deaf. Yeah.
3: No. <laughs> no, he is deaf. <laughs> what? Only when <laughs> your wife talks, though. So. That's what's amazing
1: about it's it. It's selective can, hearing. You know, if we're watching a game or if we're you know watching a movie, we can hear everything fine. But when our wife starts talking, it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, my hearing. Just I think it has to
4: something be. to do with the pitch of the voice. I don't know. Might be.
3: Yeah, because a lot of EVPs that come over recordings, uh, for me, I find out that they're they're more like a whisper, like a whispery mm-hmm. type, and you try to amplify it, and sometimes you over amplify it, and then it just sounds like
4: <laughs> yeah, it gets distorted. You
3: know? or... And then you know, then the ones that have the really deep bass tones to them, and you try to to equalize them and make them a little bit higher to be more understandable, and you know, you just mess it all up, and that's when you send it to Mike. Mike. <laughs>
1: sure. And for those who are listening who might not be familiar with what we're talking about with electronic voice phenomena, it is what we believe to be the recorded voice of spirits. It's, it's an anomaly in a recording uh, that was not heard aloud when the recording happened that shows up later on upon playback. And it's a, it's a science to some degree, and it's intuition to some degree. I mean, no matter how much you study it, no matter how much you break it all down, no matter how much you study the acoustics like Mike does, I mean, he knows... So he knows more about sound than the people that put together this radio station. But then a lot of it, too, is also the feel. It's also that you were there, you were experiencing it, and you know what it was that they were trying to convey to you. Now, we love talking about him when he's outside of the room.
3: Yeah. Hi, guys.
1: So now, Riley, you were saying that you had experiences when you were younger?
3: Yeah, I did. Um, My grandmother's house – excuse me, I'm losing my voice. It's been a long day. Um, my grandmother's house in northeastern Pennsylvania was an old farmhouse built in the late 1800s. And they didn't have uh, money to bury the family members or the close family members that had passed away. So what they would do is have the viewings inside the house up against a wall like a lot of families did back then. And um, later later on, as years passed, uh, the room that had all the viewings in it became a bedroom, which later on in the 70s became my bedroom. So I heard all crazy stuff like you wouldn't believe. Um, people walking back and forth up and down the stairs, you know, people talking and everybody in the house is asleep. It's you know, you go chasing through the house trying to find whatever it's it's you know, making that noise and you and you have no idea. And as a child back in the 70s, you don't think of playing a tape recorder and catching something, you sure, know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you just what you know, in my mother's family you pray that's what they did so that's what i did and you know like when the evps first started coming out and and the tapes were being made um you know that's when everybody started getting ideas of how to do this and and what to do so um you know as the mid-90s started to come around i really really like i said did my homework on it Mm -hmm. i got book smart when it came to it
1: and and at the time that was really the only way to do it yeah Now, Stephen, what about yourself? Did you have experiences when you were growing up?
4: I didn't have any um, paranormal experiences when I was a kid. Uh, It wasn't until I was well into my adult years when I had my first experience. Um, But my first experience was very dramatic. It was a a full-body manifestation. Wow. Um, And it happened. I was was in my aunt's basement. Uh, The house is well over 100 years old, um, built by shipbuilders. And uh, I was running, uh, running on a treadmill, and I just finished a three-mile run. And I um, shut the treadmill off and turned around, and there was this full apparition right behind the treadmill. I almost fell down. I was like just totally in shock. And I'm looking at it. It was kind of reddish in color, uh, but I could, I could see through it. And it darted into the wall and just disappeared. And the wall was all like stone it was all Mm -hmm. stone because that's how they built the houses back then um and i stayed down there for a minute or two just questioning myself questioning what i saw i was like you know did this just happen i i I felt nervous um you know i'm 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 like looking around and i went upstairs i went up to the second floor talked to my aunt and i'm like i just saw something downstairs and i described everything i saw and i said i'm not going crazy am i going crazy and she starts laughing at me. And I'm like, what? What's so funny? She goes, oh, you met the captain. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, yeah, we didn't tell any of the kids uh, because we didn't want to make them nervous or, you know, scared or anything like that. So, um, I mean, it was just a, a validation of what I did see. And um, come to find out, I guess, the, the captain he, um,
3: That's not Captain Morgan's. No, either. it's not <laughs> Captain Morgan's. <laughs> I know, I see Pete over there. Um,
4: I guess he kind of uh, tormented one of my uncles. Not, I mean, he'd scare the crap out of him all the time. Um, my uncle had a bedroom that was right above that area of the basement, um, and he grew up there, and he used to just scare him all the time. And, um, you know, they yeah. never told us kids. so
1: Stuff that would have been nice to know before you went down to the basement by yourself.
4: Exactly.
1: Same thing happened with me and my aunt lived in a haunted house where I had my first experiences and nobody bothered to tell us. So we're going through this and we're wondering, hey, are we going crazy? You know, what's going on? And then years later we all start talking about it and it's like, oh, hey, thanks. Yeah. You know, would have been <laughs> nice to know.
4: It's not just me.
1: So <laughs> now uh, before we run out of time here in the first hour, uh, we were mentioning how you've investigated Slater Mill a number of times now. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: Over at least twenty times in the, in the place first year. Place is fantastic. Year. Yeah. Well, when you live three miles away from the place, it's like your playground, pretty much. Sure. You know.
1: And it's a chance to keep going back, like as we do with Lizzie Borden, to so keep going back, keep documenting the activity, and to follow patterns over time.
3: Right. You know what the amazing thing about that is that you never catch the same piece of evidence twice. You know. It, it's just it's different every time. Every time we go there, and on a different day, different month, mm-hmm. it's it's like you get sh- different voices. You can either can catch the spirits of the children, or you can catch what we call the wise guys. And these guys are not so nice. They're actually um, pretty honorary and, <laughs> and, and nasty, and they like Vulgar to stir a lot. They, yeah. <laughs> they like to make so it depends cracks. on
4: the di- dynamics.
3: Yeah, we actually we do tests. We do like certain things to see what would happen if we put this into the equation, um, and see if it would change the dynamics of of the spirits that that actually you know still are there. And um, we were catching the wise guys uh, for a long time, um, the foul language, the the cursing, you know, all that, and then we. Believe us or not, bring our 13-year-old son Ryan, who is a, uh, investigated, who's a junior investigator, who's been ready and, and doing this for the last four years. So, so this is not anything new to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes into the picture, and now we have nothing but children following us around, saying our names. Wow! Uh, yeah, just just wanting to be around us. We even. Uh, went down a flight of stairs and the EVPs had stopped and we come back up the stairs and we catch one of a child saying, Oh, there you are. So it's, it's like, now I, they're
1: expecting you. They're waiting for you to come back. Yeah, it's a yeah. new
4: dynamic. Just, just bringing him into the equation, it changed the whole dynamics of the EVPs that we're catching. So.
3: That's right. And some of them that, uh, hopefully we get to play tonight for everyone that's listening out there, um, are for when, uh, one of them is when Ryan was with us, our 13 year old son. And the rest, all these are from Slater Mill, mind you, that we're going to play tonight. But there are different parts of Slater that you can actually capture these on. So we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, I think
1: we're going to play them probably in the the bottom half hour of the next hour. So a little bit later on in the program, we'll play those for you to hear. So be ready if you're listening at home and you're listening on the radio. If you're listening on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, plug in some headphones. uh, You'll be able to hear them even better. We'll play those coming up uh, later on in the program. But you mentioned these wise guys that you encounter there and that they are a little foul-mouthed and they do seem a little bit more aggressive, but do you feel like they're anything negative or are they just kind of maybe, you know, the guys who were working there and who are now there in the afterlife?
3: Well, you know... uh a lot of people say that they've been uh, slapped or, or scratched or pinched or whatever. And I've I've actually had everything happen to me there except for, you know, getting the scratches. I've been slapped across the face, you know, but that's, you know... Stephen, did
1: you apologize after? Oh, you mean
3: by the cuts. Yeah, by, by by spirit. And, you know, it wasn't one of those, whoosh, you know, and your head goes flapping back. Yeah, it's, it's nothing it's,
4: like that. She just feels like a, almost like a a, a heat signature yeah, on her like cheek, like, like all burning, of a
3: sudden. You know, but no scratch marks or nothing. Then. But it
1: felt like it was...
3: Yeah. Like, like it was like a slap a or more like kind of like a caress? No, like something slapped you. Like when somebody slaps you in the face, does it feel like a caress? Well no, because I do I have heard stories Depends from people
1: when it that happens. There are some male entities in the place that do tend to get a little grabbing, a little feely with the females. I
3: have been, I have been grabbed, I've been slapped, I've been pinched, I've I been everything but scratched. So that yet I am waiting for, which you know, last night actually we did six hours of Slater and um, Celebrity Guest Tour there, uh, we did two tours, one at seven, one at ten, and at the end of the seven o'clock one, I literally got sick and had to leave the Slevanius Brown House because I was physically ill. And I was doing some provocation with Carl and the Wheel Well at the Wilkinson Mill. Carl
4: asked her to do some provocation. Yeah, because I do (laughs) it real good. (laughs) (laughs) She can open her mouth when she wants to.
3: So I think it kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of um, showed me who's boss.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, that's kind of my style a little bit, too. I take some criticism sometimes uh, at these Legend Trips events that we do, but I do tend to get a reaction out of things, so... Uh, It'll be fun to explore that. Now, for those who are going to be investigating Slater Mill for the first time, and some people who are going to be attending this event will be investigating for the first time ever, uh, what are some of the hot spots of of the Mill Complex?
3: Believe it or not, it's not actually in any of the buildings it's between all three and if you walk around outside all th- at all three along the sidewalk you will catch your evps now people say oh well maybe it's for the people on the street that are talking nobody is out there in pawtucket after dark talking possibly. yeah you've been to pawtucket yeah. you, don't go yeah. out you, don't, or, you don't go outside <laughs> at night i'm sorry but you don't and i've learned this over the last year that you just don't do it um also, let's see, uh, in the Sylvania's Brown House, as soon as you walk through the front door and you turn to the right into the it's little like dining kitchen area. dining area. Yeah. We had our millimeter spike up to twenty eight point seven and stay there for like five seconds. Wow. Yeah, Joe Chin from GHI was standing right next to Ryan when it happened and I was um mouthing off and using some provocation, nothing too like dramatic or anything. I just was using what was the spirit box was saying. It was saying it was hungry, it wanted to eat, it was tired. It was tired I said yeah. I'm not cooking for you. I'm not feeding you, and I don't care if you're tired. Cook your <laughs> own damn self, you know, and just do it yourself. <laughs> and it came across, and it goes, "We will whip you, or I'll whip you, girl. You, you ain't, ain't the devil. devil." That's what it said. Like just, right. and then everybody's K two meter lit up like a Roman candle, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, they don't have to
1: worry when when we go there next week for legend trips because we're gonna we're oh, gonna no, have pizza this, and salad. There's nothing to worry about. you can
3: just eat some of the pizza and salad.
4: Yeah. It's not that I, you know, it was just. Uh, Nothing to worry about. I mean, no one's ever gotten hurt there. Or no, like nobody. I mean, Just, it's
3: scary when you first experience it. That if you've never been on a, a ghost tour or a haunted location before, when you first we had experience, some people last
4: night. They were really scared. They were like, "Oh my god, shut that box off!" That we had. we were using the spirit box, the PX device, and um, they're like, a, "Oh yeah, shut that off! Shut training. that off!"
3: You know, that, that that's scaring me. We had a demonologist in training, uh, James. Games. Somebody, I can't remember his last name, and he was there and. They were like, uh, um, are you going to kill the spirits? Are you, are you here to yeah kill the- <laughs> They thought we were oh, going to capture just, them. I'm yeah, going the grab box. my proton
1: pack, throw Oh, the trap. yeah,
3: right. They were asking if we had little guns, we could shoot them. And I'm like, uh, no.
1: And <laughs> Carl Johnson walks around, shut these off. Shut yeah, these all yeah. off. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and then we pull out the spirit box, and you're like, you have a spirit in a box? <laughs>
1: yes, and I'm going to put it on eBay and sell it to you. Yeah. All right, we're coming up on the end of uh, this first hour of the program, but when we come back in hour number two, we'll talk more with the blacks later on. We'll play some of the EVPs that were captured at Slater Mill by Black Cross Paranormal. You can check out their website, blackcrossparanormal.com, yeah, yeah. during the break. And coming up uh, in the beginning of the second hour of the show, we're going to talk with Mark Phillips. He's the executive producer of My Ghost Story, which airs on the bio channel on Saturday nights right up against this show. And uh, I'll be on an upcoming episode. Our friends uh, from Dart will be on an uh, upcoming episodes. We probably shouldn't reveal that stuff, but we'll talk about it with Mark Phillips coming up in just a few minutes. And then again, if you haven't already gotten in your car and driven down here, start heading down here now because... The Death Sauce Challenge is on all night. Plenty of people here in the studio that are going to
3: take part, right? Everybody, yeah? All you guys are crazy. I've heard what's in this stuff, and there's no way. <laughs> we've we've got plenty. We've got plenty to go around, so come on down. I'm not going to the ER. 22
1: <laughs> Connecticut Neck Road, uh, right in the Hot plaza toss. with the 99 and Fun 107. Knock on the window, you'll see us all, and we'll send some Death Sauce out. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
0: Beaming from the studios of AM 1420 WBSN into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast.
1: Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, science advisor, Matt Moniz. Uh, we are here to talk about the paranormal as we are each and every Saturday night. Also broadcasting on Spooky TV at southcoast.com and joining us on the line right now, we have our guest, Mark Phillips. He is the executive producer of My Ghost Story, which airs on the Bio Channel. The new season starts next Saturday, April 21st. Mark, thanks for joining us. How are you?
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, we're glad to have you, and, and thank you for, for putting on a show that gives a, a very honest and, and open portrayal of people and their paranormal experiences.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I have a great suggestion for your audience every Saturday night. Watch, watch uh, My Ghost Story at 10, and then listen to your show at 11.
1: That works we'll, out great.
0: We'll, we'll just warm them up for you. you know. What
1: I'm <laughs> and, you know, we've actually had a lot of people who have been in contact with us uh, over the years that I think would make great uh, guests for your show. So I'll be sure to pass them on to the producers.
0: Yeah, please do that. Please do that.
1: Now, how did the idea of putting this show together, this is what, the, the third or fourth season
0: now? Uh, we're, we're, we just started shooting season three. But season two was extended, so okay. we've, we've churned out quite a lot of episodes.
1: And how did the idea come about originally to, to put on this program and in this manner?
0: Um, well, A&E had contacted me because they'd seen a cop show that I did, and they wanted to know if it was something that I was interested in doing. And I said, well, I, you know, I really wanted to do a, a reality uh, paranormal show that... Um, that uh, uh, had real evidence in it. And um, they said, well, let's take a look at some of the evidence. So I gathered a bunch together and I sent it off to them. And I originally had called it Hauntings Revealed. And they looked at it and uh, they initially passed and then called me a few months later and said, hey, you know what, Uh, we're going to change our mind. This is really cool. We want to call it My Ghost Story. And as soon as they said that, I thought, these guys are really savvy, because they, they really know how to brand their channel,
2: because
0: mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it, that's that's so bio, my ghost story. So I put together a special, and it did very well. They gave me a second special that did even better, and then they ordered a series, and they just keep on ordering. And uh, as of um, next Saturday, it's going to be running every Saturday night through to the end of the year. Wow. In fact, it's on right. it's on right
1: now. <laughs> I was going to say, I noticed that uh, there's there's a marathon happening next Saturday night in advance of the season premiere, right?
0: That's correct,
1: yeah. yeah. So for anybody who's missed some episodes, it's a great chance to catch up, and I know I, I get to see it on demand because you know, I'm here in the studio when it's on, so I either DVR it or I watch it on demand. And Right, right. It, now, you said that you wanted to put something together with the paranormal. Was there a reason why you wanted to get into paranormal aspect of, of reality television? Is it... Because well, I'll of...
0: share. I'll, I'll share something with you. Sure. I haven't shared this publicly, but I was the co-executive producer of the of Ghost Hunters for the first two episodes. Oh, okay. And I was fired. Oh, um, sorry
1: to hear that. <laughs> All the things seem to have worked out, but
0: uh, it was the um, last what we call work for hire show that I I, I, I I ever had to do. I now only produce programming that um, that my company produces. And um, I found it a fascinating arena. I was um, somewhat responsible for inventing how that show worked, and I, you know, kind of put it aside for a while. Did a whole bunch of other shows, and then came back to so it. I've always been interested in in the arena. There was a guy by the name of Peter James. Do you know who Peter James
1: was? Oh, yes, yep. Uh,
0: Peter James approached me a number of years ago. He, he's since passed away, and he took me on a. A tour, a private tour of the of into the bowels of the Queen Mary parked out here in uh, in Long Beach. and it was absolutely fascinating. It was just fascinating and i've been I've been kind of hooked on the uh, on the material ever since then. I can't say that I'm a huge believer. I can't say that I'm a you know I'm not saying that I'm a skeptic i, 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 I uh, what we do is we put people's stories on and we we take them we vet obviously we vet the evidence quite closely. And we let people tell their stories, and um, you know, so many people have had these experiences. It's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to sweep it under the rug, you know.
1: Absolutely, and and, and being a television producer, you can tell that with the paranormal arena, there is uh, there is that natural sense of drama because it is so unknown to people. They're already apprehensive about it. They're already having these feelings about it.
0: Yeah, except that seventy um, percent of Americans believe that there is something else going on out there. Seventy mm-hmm. percent of the population believe in the paranormal. So um, that's why these shows are so popular. I was just approached by Discovery to try to do one for them. We'll see what happens.
1: Sure. And now you mentioned vetting the evidence, and, and I have to say I've dealt with uh, a couple of these different paranormal programming. And I was telling everybody here in the studio, because we have a whole studio full of paranormal investigators tonight, and I was telling them how... My ghost story is above and beyond what any of these other shows are doing in terms of how accurate you want to be in the portrayal of the experience of the evidence, and uh, you know, right down to making sure that you get the name of every person that was involved with the capturing of that evidence, and everybody signs release, everybody is uh, fully on board for what happened, and and that's something that I think a lot of these shows they're just like, yeah, give me that really cool clip, and it doesn't matter, you know, where it came from. Right,
0: right, no, that's what our show is about. I mean, it's um uh we have a very good reputation in the paranormal community because we we stra we stay, we stay um, true to our cause
1: and and I also think that that serves you well in terms of just getting people to be willing to open up and sharing their experiences, whereas you know some of these other shows, the way that they come across and dealing with people they're like, Yeah, I don't really know if I feel comfortable. If this is the way that I want to go public with what happened to me
0: correct, and there are a lot of people who don't want to go public.
1: Do, do you ever bring people in to share a story, and, uh, you know, when the cameras are on them, when they're talking with the producers, do you ever find that, like, it just gets too much for them? It's too overwhelming and too emotional?
0: Well, we've had that a few times. We've had a few times. Well, I would say dozens of times people have become overwhelmed and started to really crack emotionally and to cry, and um, it, 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 this program gets very, very emotional. hmm and um, I remember once one story. We did this story about um, these two soldiers, a, a, a woman soldier and a, a man soldier, from who were in Iraq and captured some amazing evidence. And they both broke down on set and cried. I mean, and they were in uniform. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing because this, this stuff can get very emotional, especially when there's a real personal connection to it. When somebody has seen um, some kind of, kind of evidence of their son or daughter or father or grandfather, when they're really connected to a story, they, they can get quite emotional.
1: Sure. It's easy for paranormal investigators to go in and say, well, you know, I was investigating this 150-year-old case, and I think that I met the spirit of you know Abraham Lincoln when other people are talking about loved ones who their deaths were traumatic, and the, the paranormal was kind of how they helped overcome their own grief.
0: Correct. And and perhaps not.
1: Hmm. What, what are some of the more memorable cases over the past few seasons that, that stand out in your mind?
0: Oh, the story of the... Um, it was a story of a policeman in um, New York City who was charged with finding the body parts um, from the wreckage of nine uh, eleven. Ooh. It was all taken to Staten Island, and that was part of his job. And then all of a sudden, all kinds of strange things started occurring in his house, including seeing and taking pictures of crucifixes and of the clock stopping. The clock would stop at, I'm trying to remember what it was now, 8, 851. It was the time mm. when the first jet hit, and his clock would always stop at the same spot. And it was an eerie, eerie story very interesting man wrote a book about it, too. It's called Running with the Bulls. Well, are
1: there that, any
0: stories... That's, a, that's, a, that's one, of the most in, one of the most interesting stories. There are even stories that that some of us have become personally connected to. I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you a quick story. There was a woman who came on the show, and she was constantly finding money, um, pennies specifically, with the date 1977. And that was the date that her son was born, and he died about five years ago. And she keeps on finding these iconic m- moments related to the, the year of his um, the year the year that he was born. So, um, it, it I had this strange thing in my life that I, I'm constantly finding money. And uh, so that day we were taping, and I was listening to the story, and I thought, "Wow, that's interesting." I walked up to my car. To get something, you've been to the studio, right? So you yeah. know, you know the situation. I walked out to my car to get the get something from the car, and as I'm coming back, I see a penny, and I pick it up, and lo and behold, it's a 1977 penny. Wow! So I, I I went on stage, and when she finished taping her story, I gave it to her, and she bro- she broke up. It was
1: amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Now, with with sharing these stories, though, there is uh, there is some degree of responsibility too, as as the storyteller's medium. Uh, in, in helping them portray that story, do you ever have people who come back and criticize you that's saying, you know, you're, you're exploiting these people's experiences? Because to me it's done very tastefully. But I can see other people maybe saying, you know, this this might not be the way to tell these stories.
0: We've had a couple of instances where somebody has come back and said, you know, I really don't like how you told my story because you left out this and this and this and this and this. And this. And sometimes we have to do that just sure. because we only have a certain amount of time, and we can't tell. Sometimes we leave really good bits and pieces of the story on, as we say, on the cutting room floor. It's just the nature of storytelling in in, in television. You know, we only have a certain amount of time. We've also had a few instances where, where one um, ghost hunting group has taken us up on the validity of. Um, the material, because the mater- the material in question was from another ghost hunting group in the same sure, area. Yeah, they're rival groups. Right. There are. There's, 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 I've found there's a lot of rivalry in in the, in the arena. It's, <laughs> Welcome it's, to guys,
1: the paranormal community. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's a it's a tad comical because w- we really try to rise above all that. Because, um, you know, I-, I think that our best stories are stories that are. Um, are told by real people who are not necessarily connected to uh, you know uh, a a ghost hunting group mm-hmm. that's uh, I mean that, that that was always the um, that was always wh- where I wanted this to go but it's you know there is there are some good storytellers out there who belong to these groups and that, who had some kind of an experience and the experience so affected them that now they're l- looking to find another experience and that's kind of that's kind of interesting, you know what I'm
1: saying? Absolutely. That's, that was the one criticism that I heard from people who watch my ghost story, is they would say, you know, it's, it's a great show, it's a compelling show, but those stories are just too good to believe. They have to be fictionalized in some degree, but I can tell you firsthand from going through the process, uh, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, these people are telling the true, honest-to-God stories of what happened to them the way that it happened to them.
0: Exactly. Well, we... Um we also vet quite um, thoroughly in the casting, and you've been through it, so you know. You know, mm-hmm. we have people either use Skype or their own flip cams and send us their story. We're, you know, we're always we're, we're looking for the people who can, who have a good story, who have good evidence, and are good at telling the story. And that's what you know. That's what my, that's why it's the number one rated show on the network.
1: Is there a way that people can get in touch with you if they want to share their own stories?
0: Um, what they should do, and um, they should email. Courtney, and, and I'll give you the email address. Is Courtney at mppt.tv? So it's C O U R T N E Y at mppt.tv. And you, of course, know Courtney. She's one of my one of the brain trusts at my, uh, at, my at my company.
1: And she's everybody and, there is great.
0: And um, your audience might want to know that the the, the program is seen all over the world. There's a and there's also a a, um, a Spanish version of it, which is being produced out of uh, Buenos Aires. Oh wow! And there is a um, a Southeast Asian version of it, which is being produced out of Singapore. And plus, the episodes that we produce here are seen literally all over the world on all the ANI outlets, plus other outlets. And um, in the next group of shows that we're doing, we're actually doing. I think 15 15, 15, 15, fifteen, fifteen, yeah, fifteen international stories, which we're going to program into the show. We already, we already have a couple out of Australia, England, Canada, so we're, we're trying to, um, you know, devise an, an international version of the, of the, of the program as well.
1: Excellent. Well, the season premiere is next Saturday night at 10 p.m. on the Bio Channel. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we really can't say too much uh, about what I filmed with with, uh, with who I went out there with, but uh, it will be coming up in these next block of shows. But people. It, we'll
0: let, w- when, when it gets programmed, we'll let you know so you can uh, talk about it. And if you need somebody from the show to, well. To, uh, you know, to, to to help you talk about it, we'll, you know, we'll arrange for somebody.
1: Thank you very and,
0: much. And um, I, I, once more, I want to uh, advise your your audience that, to watch My Ghost Story at 10 and then flip to your show at 11. There you go.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Mark Phillips, the executive producer of My Ghost Story, uh, and I look forward to, to sharing more stories with you and, and helping bring people to you to help tell their stories.
0: I appreciate it, Tim. Thanks a lot. Right,
1: thanks. Have a great night. You too. That is, again, Mark Phillips, the executive producer of My Ghost Story. It airs on the bio channel Saturday nights at 10 p.m. The season premiere is next Saturday night, April 21st. And i, I got to tell you, it's it really is the best paranormal show on TV because they do... I don't want to say they put you through the ringer because everybody's so great about the process and everybody's so helpful, uh, but the questions that they ask... I think I was maybe three minutes into my first discussion with them on the phone, and I realized okay, I feel really comfortable doing this show, because we've been burned in the past with some of these shows. We've shown up and and done things and kind of seen the way things go down and said, yeah, I wish I kind of hadn't answered that email. But uh, this this show gets it right. My ghost story on the bio channel. So tune in next Saturday night at 10 p.m. for the season premiere. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I guess we're going to do it. We're going to take the Death Sauce Challenge, and you can too. Come on down to the studios, the Spooky Studios, here at the WBSM Studios. It's Neck Road in Fairhaven, right next to the 99. Come on down, try the Death Sauce. I brought milk, so if it's too much for you, you can have a sip of milk. But we're going to do it right here in the studio, coming up in just a few minutes, here on Spooky South Coast.
5: We have entered the
0: realm of the supernatural. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back.
1: All right. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Famous last words. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. And we have joining us here in the studio, Jason Mori of South Coast Coney's. You've heard us talk about the place on the air uh, for many weeks now, it's a great place. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where you're located? Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. Oh, glad to have you. i um, actually in Middleborough off Route 28, in uh, Middleborough
5: Crossing Plaza, in the same plaza as Hannafords. That's a Coney Island hot dog place. Um, you know, we have other stuff too. We have Italian sausage, meatballs. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of crazy hot dogs, We have BLT dogs, and nacho dogs, and Reuben dogs, Reuben and- dogs, and you name it, we got it. And there's more up as well. So and I and, uh, just came on today to try out my uh, infamous hot sauce here that I make
1: myself. So it, I have to say I've been hearing about this, and I see that it's a, you know you have a number of spicy options on the uh, on the menu, but uh, this is above and beyond anything else. This is just total brutality in a jar. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty bad. How did you come up with the recipe for
5: it? I did a little research online, basically, and saw you know learned about the Scoville system and how that's done, and you know what the pe- you know hot peppers is and extracts and stuff like that. And basically, ordered uh, this is the third batch of it I made, and everyone has gotten a little worse, and this is this one is down worse in
1: terms of the level of the. Oh unit. yeah, yeah, yeah. This really really so I mean. All right, well, I think uh, I think we're going to have to do this. And if anybody else wants to come down and try it, uh, come on down to the studios here. Just knock on the window. Uh, it's in a glass jar. I'm assuming that's the only thing that will hold it. Anything else, it'll just eat right through. Yeah. <laughs> we have our, our spoons ready, and we have our milks ready. And if you're home and you're not driving around, you definitely want to jump on your computer and go to SpookyTV, dot com, because we have the camera here in the studio. You can see everybody's reactions as they try it and and you know, maybe we should go one at a time so that we can close up everybody. Oh, oh yes. Oh! And there's a bird. Yeah, <laughs> Moni's <Moniz>, uh, actually him <laughs> crazy. He handled it pretty well. I'm surprised.
3: No
1: oh, okay. There's there's a <laughs> <laughs> There, there's the there's a couple minutes worth of couple seconds worth of time where you say maybe this it's wasn't such a bad idea. It was just a little tip
4: There Trust me, it's
1: it's all all you need. Need. go. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. So we're gonna we actually lost that mic, Jason, so that's uh it's gone, it's down for the count. I think the mic got too close to the hot sauce.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> death to the microphones as well. All right, now Mike Markowitz is going to give it a try here.
3: Good luck. I know what this stuff no this to this is. I know to be something.
1: I was going to say, that's a small amount, Mike. Oh, man.
3: And here's the burn. Oh, right a bat. Yeah. <laughs> right out the gate. I
1: Hit him really right saw. away.
3: <laughs> okay. So you got to wait before Oh, look at him turn red. Like, I thought you see an atomic bomb. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. You like like see it the it mushroom cloud. Yeah. Well, that's there's the mushroom.
1: Now, don't forget. This
3: is happening in your mouth.
1: This is, this is the man who once recorded what he believes is the sound of the gates of heaven opening up in an EVP. He's about to see them now after eating that What'd sauce. What would
3: you say, childbirth in your mouth? What? It's, like, it's like pins and needles.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: And you just used the... Uh, you know, Monies, have you hit
1: the milk yet? You've you uh, got okay. to
3: understand the smell of this thing. And I'm sitting next to it like a good two feet away. and It's like going to clear up
1: whatever uh, sinus issues you're having. That's for I sure. am. I know that. Who's up next?
3: Uh-oh. Rachel, Ladies. come on! You're, right? a, you're you're a Charlie,
1: you're a You're not going to do it. Ahead... Oh, no, 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 Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa! No, no! All right. If you can do it, no. I'll She did it! Oh, she did it! Oh, she did it! Oh my God! Oh my God! Wow, man! You got big cojones!
1: It's really good. Wow! Keep an eye on her. I want to see. I want to see how she looks in about three minutes.
3: Yeah! Right. Oh my God! Who wants Pearl. to go? Who wants to
1: go next? Costa, you next? You all right? <laughs> you and I at the same time? Oh, well, I was just—I was kind of giving a narration, play by, play
3: by play. She's fine. Oh.
1: Yeah. All right, here I, we go. A of, oh
3: now Rachel, so Rachel so like, give me the took a recommended dose. dose. Yeah, don't wow.
1: give a me the Rachel dose. Of milk,
3: and oh, she has no that milk. That. Everybody else is taking the That's tip of the spoon. Here goes Costa, Go ahead,
1: get yours. Here
3: goes Tim and Matt Costa. We're, we're gonna dun, dun dun. we're gonna do it at the same time. I guess. Listen, if you die, can I EVP you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I promise you. All right, ready? Hold on. Ready. Oh, round round ah, oh. and here comes the burn. No,
1: it's very good. Wow. Ooh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna take off my glasses. You can see how watery my eyes are. Wow, that is delicious, though. And you put this on the hot dogs? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, ooh. yeah, do you cook it in the hot dogs or do you kind of just, ah, there we go. You just kind of put it on afterwards. Yeah, put it
5: like a relish almost. You know, you just kind of put it on top do of it. Do you
1: one. want to try it? Wow, it gave me the hiccups. Yeah, that's a side
3: effect. <laughs> that's, that's your diaphragm saying, what the hell did I'm you I'm going to have do? to drink something just so I can speak. Oh my God,
1: it's nasty. No, I got something Oh, okay? Yes, the worst I case ever. I thought you were going to throw ever. up. Moniz, take over.
4: <laughs> I'm not doing as well as you, but uh, I'll try. Now, do you have an idea what it is on the school field?
5: Well, it's about 1.5 million. Oh, uh, my God. Habanero pepper is 300,000. Right. So this is about four times harder than Habanero
4: pepper. So you're saying try up, a, up against the microphone so
5: the rest of us yeah, can I'm actually I mean, oh, yeah.
0: That one.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I was sliding
5: out the way. Yeah, it's about uh, th- a habanero pepper is about um, 300,000 Scoville units, and the this, this stuff right here is 1.5 million. So it's 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 pretty hot. I mean, four times hot, almost four times hotter than a habanero. I
3: can actually smell it. In my eyes are
0: watering. Uh, <laughs> you know? It contains a lot of what's called yeah. capsaic acid. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. and uh, it's quite potent. Let me tell you.
5: Yeah. It cost me about $70 to make uh, two little jars of it, basically. So it's not cheap to no, make, but... Water so makes I, it worse. Separate. And now,
1: for somebody to come and try it on a hot dog at South Coast Coney's, how much is the, the dog that it comes on? Uh,
5: well, I have it as a triple pack called the Triple Dog Day. You go eat three of them. So far, nobody's been able to do it. but can um,
1: yeah.
5: Oh yeah, so... <laughs> Eat three of them. Or you can buy it as one. We're calling that one the Death Incarnate. So you can get that just as one hot dog. What's that dude from uh, that Travel Channel
3: eating show? Man vs. Food? Yeah, you're going to have to get that guy Adam Adam Richman. Adam Richman, yeah. (laughs) We're calling you out, Adam Richman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, like I haven't cried like this since uh, I watched Old Yeller.
3: I mean, see, a whole room full of men tearing is just like...
1: Well, it's a wow. dream come true for most women.
3: They're like, "Oh, you finally watched The Notebook."
1: No, no, I just had the Death Sauce. Does anybody want seconds? No. Oh, I think I'm good. Close the jar. I'm straight painful.
5: How you doing over there? All right. Costa,
1: you got the commercials ready? Let's take another break. All right, we're gonna take another break. When we come back, we'll play the EVPs from Riley and Stephen Black of Black Cross Paranormal, if they captured Slater Mill. And if you want to purchase tickets to next week's Legend trip? I can't even do the commercial. Just go to AM
0: 1420, WBSM and the Seaport Inn and Marina invite you to... It's
3: funny, isn't it? How everybody in town's afraid of you.
5: What's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen, and all your worry in the world isn't going to change that.
0: Spooky South Coast is back.
1: All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg, a little bit more able to talk i'm still feeling tingle still feeling the burn but uh, we just tried the death sauce challenge from south coast coney's in middleborough and if you didn't get the chance to come down and check it out if you're listening to this on podcast or if you're watching it on youtube later on check the place out it's in the uh the hanafords plaza there and it's you can
0: grab a gallon of milk
1: <laughs> you can grab uh you've probably got some extra hot dog buns people can uh, use to soak up the spice afterwards go see jay at south coast coney's highly recommended and I, I guess some of our listeners, our loyal listeners, have been coming by. I, I heard Chris was there yesterday, and uh, I don't think she's going to try the death sauce, but maybe you can talk her into it, <laughs> and uh, we'll see where we can do there. But uh, definitely go check it out and try some of the stuff down there. And the new thing is the, the nacho potato wedges. That's a new menu item. Yep. So I'm looking forward to coming by someday and trying some of those. And uh, the the ones with the charis are just phenomenal. The chorizo cheesy tots, is that yep. it? Yeah, you got to go and try those. Those are those are a must-have. Did you try those when you went, Casa? Oh, uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, those are a must-have. And uh, Moniz, have you been there yet? No, oh, you and I will have to go for some lunch someday. Just, we, we won't have the death sauce. I hope not. Yeah, that mic's still broken. I, I, yeah, we legitimately melted that microphone. We had it too close to the sauce, and it melted. <laughs> Sorry about that, Frank. All right. Well, we are still here with Riley and Stephen Black of Black Cross Paranormal. Uh, luckily, they didn't try the death sauce. They we are so smart. <laughs> they're still able to speak, and so they can share with us some more of their experiences uh, investigating uh, not only Slater Mill but some other cases as well. We, we actually have some EVPs to play from your investigations yeah, yeah. into Slater Mill, so let's do that because that'll give us a chance to play some audio and have Riley and Stephen talk about it a whole bunch of times while I continue to slurp copious amounts of milk down my throat. All right, so why don't we play the first one here? And uh, now, let me just ask you, how many times have you been there? And
3: we've been there um, about twenty times wow. a year. Yeah, we we actually love that place. We're three miles away, so we frequent there a lot. Um, Carl and Keith Johnson are the best; they really sure, truly yeah. are, and they love to take the time out and talk about the history of the place, set aside from all the experiences that everybody's having you know, at Slater Mill. So, you know, you have to learn the history of the place before you can do an an investigation there. And um, if you do your background checks and and your homework on it and you go there for, uh, you know, the graveyard shift, um, you're going to actually be able to interact uh, kind of in a way and see if you can get a response. Um, Now, there are a lot of residual hauntings there. There's a lot of intelligent uh, spirits that will answer you back. So um, if you know the history, use it definitely as trigger object. You'll, you will get a response, I promise.
1: Now, so these EVPs, have they been collected over the course of numerous investigations, or are they all from one particular night?
3: Um, some of them. Different ones. The, yeah. There's uh, a couple
4: from a single investigation. Does it sound? Yeah, we lost that
3: one too. Oh, you lost it. You, you blew That's it. That's something else, Mike. huh? Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, the, there's a couple from a single investigation, but the, uh, there's, I think we, we gave you like, i don't know five or six of them um and they're from numerous investigations there
1: all right so why don't we roll the first one and then they can uh, tell us what what was said did you hear that were you able to catch yeah. that one?
3: Oh, is that the swearing one <laughs> yeah okay if you could hear it in the background and and if matt wants to play it again real quick um you can hear Carl Johnson giving us lecture inside the Slater Mill. When you go into the place, there's it's part of a museum. Then you have the upstairs banquet area and the conference rooms. And then you have downstairs is the actual working cotton mill that still works to this day. And he's with his group giving a lecture um, way on the other side. And that's about almost 200 feet away from where we were at. And you could hear it in the background. And then you got one of the wise guys dropping the F-bomb. To
1: Carl. Yeah. Maybe he tried some of that death sauce. (laughs) All right. Why don't we play that one more time and people can try it. Yeah.
3: I'm sure you heard it now, huh? Now that we can tell you what it is.
1: Yeah. And that is the dangerous thing about uh, EVPs, though, is, you know, that's why we're going to let you listen to it first, see what you can hear, and then we'll tell you what Riley and Steven heard, and then you can hear it again. That way there, you don't go into it with a preconceived notion. You know what I mean? It's, It's more organic that way for the listener. All right. So why don't we play the next one?
3: Now, if you don't know what that is, I need you you to kind of break that
1: one down for me. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that was very, very upfront.
4: There Uh, was something that happened uh, to Riley when when we got that EVP. Um, Go ahead. Why don't you tell them how you felt? And
3: well, I was with Ryan again in the Slater Mill by the museum doorway. Um, They had actually had a hard time keeping it closed because for some reason during the, the tour downstairs it would keep opening by itself and you know that feeling when you turn around in the dark and you almost walk into something and you put your hands out to try to catch yourself from hitting it with mm-hmm. your face well that's what it felt like like a force just came right at me and I put my hands up because I thought it was gonna hit me like something and, in
4: that personal space and you know
3: it was like I know you're here I'm like okay <laughs> All right, you knew <laughs> I was here and it was to the point where that shook me to the core, but I had to keep it together because we had Ryan uh, there, and he was actually not even five feet from me when we captured this. So I wanted to make sure that he was going to be okay and to move out of that area uh, with him because I, I didn't want to put him in any kind of danger, so we moved him out.
4: See, when you're using the real-time recorders, uh, uh, you know what I mean? You can you can hear what's happening. You can pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um so sometimes that's beneficial and sometimes it's not. sometimes it adds to the you know the whole airy feeling and everything but a lot so. of
1: times so it is good to help you direct your investigation, but sometimes it does direct you right back out the door yeah
3: <laughs> oh it did it really did I had to had a move from that side of the mill to another side. Just out of fear for my son, because I, I mean, I, I don't care if it bothers me or not, because I've, I'm used to this, but for our son, I, I just didn't want him in, in the path of whatever it was that was there and knew mm-hmm. that I was there. So, okay, we're going over here for a while and see if that stays over here. And then, you know, if it follows us, then we're going to get out of here. Sure. You, know, you, you don't want to ever put your child in, in arms wear like that.
1: You want to play the next one? <laughs> Okay, that one. That was the one I was able to hear pretty clearly on my regular computer speakers.
3: That yeah, one is actually bouncing around blog talk radio all over the internet right now. Um, that is a five-second clip, not even. Within that uh, five-second clip, it was four EVPs that ran all at once. And uh, the most prominent one that came out was a child screaming for its mother in such a horrific way that anybody who is a parent or oh, – isn't but i mean you could actually feel it and p- people who are parents can actually i think feel it more
4: yeah the first time i heard it i was like devastated you know it just like goes right through you very heart wrenching
3: it's definitely it's a residual it's not an intelligent um i actually sent it over to mike markowitz to make sure that i was hearing what i was hearing and he he called me up on the phone he was like what are you doing i don't want to hear this this is this is this is just bad bad Cause you just want to like reach your arms out and embrace that child and protect it from whatever. Nothing you can do, you know. No, so that one, that one was pretty, pretty bad. But yeah, you could, you could actually hear in that EVP a dog barking, a child almost singing in the beginning, to screaming in the middle for its mother, then a horrific scream toward the end.
4: Yeah, it's it's like so much all in one little clip.
3: You want to hit that one again, Matt? And then, you, and then you get that whisper at the end of an EVP, too. But, you know, those are the ones that fall to the wayside when they're just a whisper and you got something major like that going on.
4: And that wasn't recorded with a real-time device, and so we didn't even know it was happening when it happened. Like, nobody heard that, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like you could hear it when you were there.
1: Well, and you can tell because so. you don't really hear anybody reacting to it on the yep. clip. Yep. All right, we have, uh, we have about five minutes here, so let's see if we can play the rest of these. Uh, why don't you play the next one, Matt?
3: Wow. <laughs> that one was standing in front of the doorway of the Slovenia's Brown House on the outside. As the door was shut, I knocked on the door and said, Slovenia's Brown, are you home? You want to play tag? And it came back and it answered me, tag, you're it. And then it said something else afterwards that we can't even we can't make really out. can't really
4: decipher it, but th- that first part, you can definitely hear it say, tag, you're it. Well, yeah, gonna, and that's, that's an intelligent response.
3: We're
1: going to keep moving because I want to... I want to get through them, so uh, if anybody wants to go back into the podcast and listen to that one again, or, and you guys have these yeah, up on we your websites, on the website, website yeah. blackcrossparanormal.com. Black so why don't we uh, play the next one, Matt?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, another uh, Yeah, you could hear Carl Johnson talking in the background. This was at a different time, and he's giving a lecture. And actually, I set the recorder down and walked about 20 feet away from it, and something hit it. And you could hear the ping, and then it goes, who gives a F-bomb, you know? Wow. So So, it, again, it's, it's toward Carl. And these, well, these are the wise guys. These are the, definitely the wise Ooh, guys. Cares. Who No, it says, who gives a, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's then, that
4: one. Sorry, we got so many of no, them. No, I understand. The wise guys are terrible over there. They're they, foul yeah. mouth.
1: Well, we're, we're looking forward to talking with them next week. Uh, we got one more to play?
5: Twenty
3: eight. Oh, well guess oh. what? Down to two. Someone was just right here. And they left. That's our yeah, that's our son Ryan. Um, as a matter of fact, he was holding the millimeter inside the surveillance uh, brown house in the with kitchen area. With Joe and Chin G-H-I. from GHI was there. And um, I did a little provocation and with the spirit box it kept saying it was hungry, tired, it wanted to eat, and I said no, I'm not gonna feed you, make it yourself, and I don't care if you're tired. Well, it came right into the circle. It lit everybody's K2 up. Uh, The millimeter, when you heard it, it said 28. It jumped to 28.7, and then it went right back down to 2. So whatever it was, it came into our circle, and uh, it said, I'll whip you, girl. You ain't the devil. And you could hear the you ain't the devil in such a deep, dark tone to it. You know, like, you ain't the devil.
4: And that's right at the beginning.
3: Yeah. So... I, women didn't talk like that back in the 1700s. They didn't. They they mind what their husband told them to do, sure. and they didn't give no lip. So you give a little lip back to the people who are they're still there. <laughs> <and get laughs> they you don't want to hear they it. They're use, hear.
1: Yeah, they're not used to that.
3: Yeah. All
1: right. Well, thank you for playing those clips. And again, if anybody wants to go back and listen to them again, you can do so either on our podcast or you can go to blackcrossparanormal.com. That's where you can reach Riley and Stephen to find out more about their work. Uh, and to see some of their cases, and uh, of course, you can also see them at a variety of different events around. You guys were at the Ocean State Paracon today. Yes, we were. What's coming up next on the docket? For you okay, guys? we
3: got the uh, British Beer Company in Walpole, Mass. We're going to be hunting with uh, Mike Markowitz from uh, Bay State Paranormal, and Pete, and, and, Donna Pete and Donna Stagman from Para Hunters, and our team as well. And we're going to be doing two live radio shows during the investigation. So you got to come and check that out. Wow. It's, um,
4: it's never been investigated before. Yeah, either, but so. there's a lot of haunts. I can't go.
2: And,
3: yeah, well, you know, you'll hear it. I've you'll... been banned from the British Bear Company. Oh, no. In Wal- <laughs> a long story. <laughs> oh, we got to hear about it. <laughs> the, the whole chain. You go home now. And then the we, have, <laughs> <laughs> we have we uh, um, have South, South Coast Psychic Fair on Saturday. Yeah, uh, coming up nice. this Saturday. Yeah.
1: From 11 to 7 at the Seaport Inn right here in Fairhaven. Admission is only $9 if you buy your tickets online. $10 on the day of the show. And, uh, like, Black Cross Paranormal will be there. And I know most of the people in this room are going to be there. Yeah. And uh, I'll be there. I'll be hosting it again, as I did last time. And uh, there's going to be uh, John Brightman, Keith and Carl, uh, Keith and Sandra Johnson. Uh, let's see who else. Brian Hanwa is going to be there. Uh, Shannon Sylvia. It's just a, a huge slate of uh, special guests and all kinds of paranormal groups. And, of course, there's also people who sell things uh, related to the field. So you can go and check some of that stuff out. Oh, it's really cool. It Very Definitely. Cool. And it's 11 to 8. 11 to 7, there's two different times listed on the website. I have to ask Steve exactly which ones it is. But I know that uh, all the lectures are happening earlier in the day, and then at 7 o'clock they're going to be showing the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
3: Oh, right on. I right. haven't done the Time Warp dance since I was in my late teens. And
1: you're going to have to bring the bring bring the props, and I don't know if you'll if be able to throw stuff there, but oh, yeah. I don't see why not. Come dressed up, and everybody has a great time. It's a great event, so come on and check that out next Saturday morning, uh, starting at 11 a.m. at the Seaport Inn Marina here in Fairhaven. The website is scparanormalfair.com. That's fair with an E, -E, scparanormalfair.com. And then after that, Legend Trips event, uh, the Slater Mill graveyard trip at Slater Mill event is happening next Saturday night from 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. Tickets are $99 to come out and investigate one of the most notorious haunts in Rhode Island. The Spooky Crew, Jeff Belanger, Keith and Carl Johnson, Amy Bruni from Ghost Hunters, Andrew Lake, uh, we're going to have Pam Padalano there and Tiffany Rice giving readings uh, for those who want to purchase them. We're going to be taping a live episode of 30 Odd Minutes Dinner and just hours of investigation it's going to be a phenomenal time uh, if you've ever been to any of our legend trips events you know that it's all about making sure that you have a great experience we can't guarantee you a ghostly experience but we can guarantee you a great time and so we will do that next saturday night just go to spooky or legendtrips.com in order to purchase your tickets and then stay tuned to legend because we'll be announcing our next event coming up shortly we have a, another one happening this august at a very familiar spot in fall river that's uh, always a very limited uh, limited amount of tickets sold, so you want to pay attention for that so you don't miss your chance. And we're working on some other stuff as well, some really cool ideas that we've been bouncing around, and we should have those announced a little bit later on this year. So next week, we won't be here, obviously, myself and Matt Moniz. Matt Costa will be here manning the ship, and uh, he'll have Chris Balzano along, our content director, will be co-hosting. Their guest will be Derek Gunn, uh, who is just a fascinating speaker talking about New England legends and lore. He'll be here talking with Chris and Matt, and then perhaps also one of the captains from Wicked Tuna, the new show on Nat Geo as well. So it's going to be a fabulous show next week. I'm sorry I'm going to miss it. I'm going to have to try to listen on my phone. So until next week, for Matt Costa, for Matt Moniz, for Chris Balzano, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.